Welcome, everybody. Happy New Year. This is the Sports Nuts and Beer Guts coming at you in 2020. With you today, your host, Logan Bryant, your Sports Nuts, may or may not have the Beer Guts, Chris Collette, Matthew Hickman. I gentlemen, have the beer gut. Yeah, beer gut checking in. <laughs> Happy New Year, gentlemen. You too, man. We've uh, we have created a podcast that has spanned multiple decades. Oh, true. I, had, I hadn't thought about that. Way to go! Boom. Pat on the old back, there, guys. Well, it's been a couple weeks. What have y'all been into? We've been what two, three weeks. We've been off. Had a couple holidays. I think everybody's done a little traveling. Chris, what you been into, man? I uh, just went to the beach for 10 days. Uh, didn't really do anything at the beach. Exciting. Uh, favorite part is probably riding go-karts with my three-year-old. He oh. was in love. Uh, <laughs> absolutely in love. Like literally so in love that he did the three-year-old kicking and screaming when we decided to leave. Oh, uh, gotta love that one. Oh my gosh. So I don't know why I've never thought about that. I mean, I've got a four and a seven year old. I've never thought to try the old go karts out. I need to do that. Oh, we, we, so the first time we, we rode around there, we were the second person in line. And the first person, this poor lady, man, she didn't know where the gas pedal was. I don't think she was going about two miles an hour out the gate. And I gave her a little love tap and Jameson was all about it. So anytime we saw a go kart going around, he was like, <laughs> hit him, hit him. And you're in one of those like big two seaters, right? Oh, big wide ones. Yeah. Uh, those two seaters can fly. <laughs> I was seriously like lapping the the single drivers. They let the doubles out first and, and it was two laps and we were already lapping the single guys. It was, <laughs> it was so much fun. It helped that I had like a 35 pound three-year-old with me, I think, but <laughs> that's awesome. Fun time. So that was the that's highlight a, of the trip probably. That's but, a good idea. Yeah. Uh, Avoided all swimming pools, so, so <laughs> I guess in Hickman's world, that's a that's a net positive. That's a win. Uh, and then starting a new job at work, uh, Monday, and so far so good. Oh. Same same employer, just different job, right? Pretty much, uh, yeah. Same department, just a promotion, just one step higher. So oh, the old humble man. brag by Chris. Oh yeah, well yeah. done. <laughs> Only took that's five years, so that's yeah. your headphones might be a little fancier. That's <laughs> I can see that chrome shining really yeah. bright tonight, Chris. Are those, are those spinners on the outside? Oh. Got a new <laughs> Columbia jacket, a new Dickies cup. He is rolling. Man. Love me some Dickies. Amen. Big yellow cup, free ice cream. Yeah. Hickman, your last three weeks, you running grannies off the road in a go-kart? I did not. Um, I've chosen not to do that. I made a, uh, a lot of drives, a lot of trips, a lot of travel, you know, a couple of Christmases. One with Alicia's family. We went to Destin. Turns out Chris and I were like 20 minutes away one night. Didn't even know it. True uh, story. Yeah. So my bad. His, on his wife's Facebook feed. I was like, wait, we're cl- pretty close to each other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We should have planned that out. It would have, would have been good, but, um, no, it's, it's been a good holiday season. I'm honestly glad to be on the other side of it just so that life can get back to normal. Um, <laughs> I can pausing and having more conversations with my daughter just cause she's three, but 
speaks like she's 25. Today, we're sitting down and she says, hey, people are yucky. Okay. Do you like people? I don't. <laughs> I can relate. Just deadpan. She just says, I don't. So, uh, Lisa recorded the video of that on Instagram. It's pretty hilarious. But uh, anyway, so raising my daughter to be a, uh, what's the opposite of a humanist? I'm not sure. So, <laughs> not a fan of I mean, people. Oh. <laughs> I was going to say, I need, a, I need a translation of what a humanist is. Using those big words, homie. Just big. Somebody who is a promoter of the human race and, you know, is a fan of all people. Irrespective of their of who they are. Chris Hickman paid good money for that master's degree. He's got to show it off, man. True. <laughs> About time he uses it. That is, yeah. <laughs> uh, two degrees. I don't use either one. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, like Hickman, I did a bunch of traveling over the holidays. Um, I don't know about you guys, but this has got to be the worst week of the year as far as work goes. You know, been a Chris has been off for what two weeks. I've been basically off for most of two weeks, trying to get back and get the swing of it. Man, it is brutal. Um, but good news, my kids went to the dentist today, and then I don't know if this makes me an awesome dad or the worst dad. But they did so well at the dentist, we decided to reward them with a trip to Minchie's to go get some ice cream and all the toppings. And as they're eating the ice cream, I realized what I thought was a great idea. Probably is not dentist approved. They probably it's not probably not setting a great example. Hey kids, y'all did such a good job on your teeth. Let's go dirty them up. <laughs> but that's what we did. So I like it. We're back at you this week. We're going to talk the end of college football. Keep you up to date on what's going on in the NFL. And then we've got some chug sip rapport that spans the spectrum. We're talking the Pope, Bachelor, and a little get hard reference, if you will. So, guys, let's make sense of the week or weeks that we were gone here. While we were gone, NFL wild card weekend happened. Anything, uh, you know, stand out, surprise you? The Patriots went down, the evil empire may be dead. Brady may be looking for a new home. What stood out or surprised you, Hickman, on wild card weekend? Well, I mean, that made me so happy. Sometimes, <laughs> Chris. Um, I was so thrilled to see New England lose. I, I, yeah, that's that surprised me. I don't really thought the Patriots were that good, but then again, I didn't think they were very good in 2018, and they won the Super Bowl. But anyway, um, so yeah, it was a surprise. The Texans and Bills game stood out just because it was wildly entertaining and a terribly played, terribly coached game. Really more terribly <laughs> coached and terribly played. I'll watch Deshaun Watson any day of the week. Uh, Josh Allen, he's fun to watch, too. <laughs> you don't know if he's going to lateral the ball behind his head to his third-string tight end or, or throw across his body a dart on fourth down that hits a guy between the numbers. So what about was a, take a 20-yard sack on fourth uh, down? <laughs> after taking one on third down. Yes. That game had everything I want in a, in a wild card game. Neither team can make it to the Super Bowl. They're both doomed. They're playing their hearts out. It was all two tortured fan bases too. Loved it. Yeah, we had a couple of uh I mean on four games, we had two overtime games. Um 
Chris, I know you've got to be excited about the Titans win, but then again, you also called it. You called it two weeks ago. You did, yeah. I, I didn't believe you. I thought you were crazy. Um, but you, as a Titans fan, you wanted the Patriots. I, I did. Over the uh, last eight games of the season, the Patriots had the worst record in the AFC East. Uh, random, but true. Wow. That's... <laughs> Um, so the last eight we in the Titans, they have played really good the last eight weeks. So both teams are trending opposite directions. Um, I, I really, I, about the Titans game, I got two things to complain about. First off, what? wait, Chris, y'all beat the Patriots <laughs> time out. And the first thing you're doing is complaining. It's, it's me. It's what you should expect it. Oh, and let's be honest. Gosh. The Titans are not good. I thought it was one of the most poorly coached games ever i thought Vrabel was trying to give the game away um the whole punting on fourth and four from the 36 yard line and then and then taking two minutes off the clock by doing stupid take a delay of game taking off sides just messing with belichick um i and then it's a one score game at that point and if the patriots have shown anything it's that when it matters they drive down the field and get what they need. So I thought for sure they, that Vrabel was just killing the clock so he wouldn't get the ball back. Uh, turns out it worked out for him, but it was poorly coached. And also, people applaud the Titans' game plan on run Henry, run Henry, run Henry. Um, any guesses how they scored their touchdowns? A passing touchdown to a white tight end from Harvard and a passing – okay, Henry got in on the screen pass. Um, we have a group thread. I literally texted a group thread, and I said, second down, they should call a screen pass to Henry to get the ball outside the tackles because he's all year. If he gets the ball outside the tackles, he is just – he's dominant. Like, he just – he can – guys just can't wrap him up. So, anyways, those were the two biggest plays of the game. Um, and they scored zero points in the second half. They're like, oh, they fed Henry. Yeah. Good job. You scored zero points. <laughs> I mean – this week they're going to get annihilated. I don't feel good about it. So, it was great to win it win at New England, but at the same time, I'm like, ooh, this week's not going to be pretty, especially if they go to the same game plan of, hey, let's try not to score and just give Henry the ball 40 times. Uh, as far as surprises this weekend, I called, I called the Titans winning. Um, yeah. the The Eagles game went exactly how I thought. The Eagles were just too beat up. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the Bills Houston, it was wildly entertaining for the reasons Hickman said. And I kind of expected it to be just a game where I didn't, I thought they were pretty evenly matched. And the score and outcome kind of says they probably are evenly matched. Uh, but the big surprise for me was New Orleans losing. I thought they were one of the best teams in the NFC. I thought they had a good chance to go to Green Bay and win. And I, Minnesota just punched them in the mouth early. And, New Orleans was lucky to get that thing to overtime and deserved to lose in overtime. So, well, guys, that was a big surprise to me. Every one of these wild card games was decided by a touchdown. Does that mean the NFL playoffs anybody's able to win, or does that mean the teams with the bye are just that much better and are probably going to blow out and hear the divisional round? AFC teams are way better. The teams with the bye. Yeah, the NFC. I thought they were actually pretty cool. I thought the NFC was very competitive. Uh, I, I mean, I, we're gonna get to the the next round in a second, but in the NFC, I give all four teams that are still left a chance. Uh, 
obviously Minnesota's probably a smaller chance, but still everybody has a chance, I think. Yeah, I mean, the craziest thing to me going into the divisional round and what's coming up um, in the NFC, all those quarterbacks are quarterbacks that are getting paid. Those are quarterbacks that have proven themselves for the most part. Um, you know, we got Garoppolo. Um, I can't think of the guy who got in Seattle. Um, not Russell, Russell Wilson. Wilson, yeah. <laughs> uh, Wilson, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, these guys are, are 25 million plus a year guys. The AFC quarterbacks, on the other hand, are a whole bunch of guys on their rookie deals. And then we got oh, 119-year-old Ryan Tannehill who can barely throw the ball across the line of scrimmage. But he ain't getting paid nothing. I think something like all those guys in the AFC are getting paid less than $5 million a year or something like that. Wow. Um, well, Miami's paying about $16 million to Tannehill right now. So <laughs> the Titans are on the hook for $1 million this year. Well done. But, I mean, for the most part, all the quarterbacks left in these eight teams are all really – I mean, these teams are all teams with really good quarterbacks. Sorry, Chris. I think Tannehill's garbage. Um, and then I think the Vikings are just good enough at quarterback. Um, but, I mean, for the most part, I mean, are we in a – this is basically just proves what we've all thought all along, right, that in the NFL you've got to have a quarterback to win big, right? Ordinarily, yeah. I mean – you, you have to have a competent quarterback. You don't have to have a superstar. I mean, that's even in the past several years. I mean, there was that weird stretch in the you know early 2000s when you know, Trent Dilfer and Brad Johnson and uh, game manager Brady won a Super Bowl. And then you had the and then, then okay, so that's then Ben Roethlisberger. So who was so who was the five was terrible. So who was the last non-great quarterback to win? Flacco. Flacco. Flacco, because in thirteen years, and that was and that was Wilson, how long ago? Fourteen Brady, twelve, seven years ago. Okay, so it's 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 been a while because even like well, okay, how about Nick Foles? I don't know that Nick Foles is great. He he was a Super Bowl MVP two years ago. I don't know, man. That year he threw what seventeen touchdowns on two picks. Like he was he, out of his mind. He yes. has the ability to be great. Not in Jacksonville. Well, <laughs> I don't know that anybody does. Yeah. <laughs> Mark Brunel in 1998. <laughs> yeah. Well, in the divisional round, um, what are you guys looking forward to? Hickman, I know you got some thoughts here on, on what's what's to come here this weekend. Um, what do you see happening? All right. So this is interesting. I, I did a little research. We'll dive into this about the quality of teams in the divisional round. And this sort of ties into the, to the, you know, the thing we talked about, about the quality of teams um, in the conference and where you are. So, this is interesting. So since like, the buy is just absolutely crucial, and here's here's where I came up with this. Since I went back through till '02, which is the year that uh, the NFL realigned to the to the current divisional format, there were there have been 84 teams that have gone 12 and four better. The reason I chose 12 and four is that's 75 percent of your like you won 75 percent of your games. Like it's hard to just ride an easy schedule to go 12 and four. That's a good football team. Would you all agree? Sure. Okay. So 84 12-win teams, 21 times of those 84, a team has had has gone 12 and four better and has still had to play in the wild card round. So that's that's bad luck, right? You go 12 and four and have to play in the first round because this year we had both uh, New Orleans and New England. Of those 21, how many would you all guess made it to the conference championship game? Eight. Well, you think they're still pretty good teams. Um, right. 
So, but they are playing an extra game without an extra without any rest. No home field advantage. So no home field. That's a that's a big one. So I'd say probably a little less than half. Okay. So what if I told you this part? I'm not going to give you the answer. What if I told you that in that same time frame, 21 teams total made it to the conference championship from the wild card round? Yeah, I think so some would, teams. Still, okay. Yeah, some Four. teams just get hot. Four teams. That's it. Since in those teams, only one since 2007. The 13 49ers, before that in 06, the Patriots and the Colts played in the conference championship, having both had to play in the first round of being 12 and 4. And then 03, the Colts again. Crazy thing, there have been a couple of quarterbacks slash franchises just snake bitten with this. From 03 to 08, there were eight teams that had to do that. Four of them were Peyton Manning's Colts, four times. Drew Brees in 19 and in 11 both had to play in the first round with a Saints team that was 13 and three. I, He's the I, only. Sorry to interrupt. I heard a Drew yeah. Brees stat this, this week, and it was talking about the quarterbacks that had beaten Brees in the postseason. Yeah, not good ones. And it's it's tragic. <laughs> Very tragic. Like sexy Rexy, uh obviously Kirk Cousins this past weekend. It it's it was terrible. I mean, that guy puts up some good stats in the regular season, but without a ballsy head coach, he has done nothing in the in the postseason. So Hickman, what do we do then? Like this year in the AFC, Baltimore, Kansas City, New England all have twelve wins. You know, we can't give all of them a buy. So what what do we do right. here? How do we make this more more fair? So I'm not necessarily saying it's it's unfair if you're twelve if you have a twelve win team and you don't get a buy. It's just bad luck sometimes. Like especially twice that that happened with the Saints at thirteen wins. Consequently, in 06, they did get a buy with ten wins, but that's another matter. Um I am a fan of reseeding. Um <clears throat> as far as you know, this year with the, the Eagles at nine and seven, yeah, they won that t- garbage division, hosted a playoff game. Another one of those Saints teams lost in 2010 to Beast Mode, uh, you know, Seahawks, who were 7-9 and nine and hosting a playoff game. The Panthers won one when they were below 500. I don't know. Like, if record tells tells more, I think, than whether or not you win your division, the home field advantage makes, makes a massive difference. Um, can, we, can we agree that um, division winners should be guaranteed a spot in the playoffs, but record should go with the seeding? Hundred percent. That's that's absolutely how I how it should go. I mean, because because one year, you know, say you've got, you know, two. So okay, twenty eighteen is a great example. The Chiefs and the Chargers are both twelve and four. The Patriots got to buy an eleven and five. I know that's not as egregious as we've seen before, but the two best teams did not get the buys. So anyway, so uh, so just just so that. just so I'm clear, because I'm not hundred percent sure on this. The way they determine who does, like this year, for example. Um, in the NFC, San Francisco, Green Bay, New Orleans, all three are 13 and three. Correct. The way they determine who gets the buy is conference record at that point, conference. right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. That's why I, I didn't think it was division at that point, but I thought it was conference record. Which um, makes sense. Yeah. Which, which does, because you're playing everybody in that conference. So, yeah, I'm, I have no problem with that, but I, I think what Chris just said is exactly how it should be. You win your division, you're guaranteed a spot, but you might be the sixth seed going on the road to play a you know, a better team. Yeah. As a fan of the team in the AFC South, I mean, AFC South's been bad whenever Peyton Manning hasn't been involved. So <laughs> a lot of nine, nine wins get you in. So. The Texans are notorious for that home game on Saturday afternoon and losing oh, that game uh, because they're not uh, that good of a team. Except when they play the Bengals two years in a row, boys. Thank you. <laughs> Didn't the Bengals 
Both times have to start a backup quarterback. That's what we do because we like to play the Steelers last game of the year, and you all played dirty. Fact. I, I have. I. Have, I, yeah, I don't disagree with that. <laughs> my favorite part about next year's. I know we're not talking about it yet, but my favorite part is the odds-on favorite for who Tom Brady plays for is probably the Steelers or the Titans next year. So one of you two is going to live in misery oh. next year. I, I'll tell you right now, Chris, I am jumping on the Titans bandwagon next year if he's Thank a Steelers you. Thank you, because Tannathrill is here to stay. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'll be a fan of Tannathrill. If he, if he goes to the Titans, what are you going to do? It's, it's not a scenario we're even going to talk about because it's not <laughs> happening. I, I really think uh, I think Vegas is an option, and also think uh, the Chargers, Chargers. Go, being in L.A., I think that's an option, too. I think those that are the means, two. That means you're going to get your boy Phil Rivers. Ooh. No, I, I I hope he's out of the <laughs> NFL. I hope he's he's one of my least favorite people in this world. And I don't even know that guy. <laughs> Sorry for the tangent. Back to the outline no, or whatever. No, that was good. That was good. <laughs> All right. Well, we got the NFL division around coming up this weekend. Um, I don't know how good the games are going to be. I think 49ers are definitely better than the Vikings. The Ravens are significantly better than the Titans, unfortunately, Chris. Um, the Texans and the Chiefs could be a decent game. The Chiefs should win that one. Uh, but I think the best game of the weekend is the Seahawks-Packers game. Uh, I think that's the only game that, that potentially could be in doubt. But it's not often we get to the divisional round and we have three games that are all um, double-digit favorites. Well, I guess the Ravens and the Chiefs are both double-digit favorites. 49ers are favored by seven. Um, and that Green Bay game could be somewhat close. But guys, we've also made it to the college football national championship game this month, this coming Monday night. I hope none of you guys like our good friend, Andy, who thought that game was supposed to be last Monday and was trying to find it on the old TV there. Um, but we, <laughs> I just, uh, this is just me. I don't know what you do about it, but I think it's funny that for the semifinals in college football, these teams get like a month to prepare and then come the championship game. They get two weeks. I feel like there's got to be a way to spread this out better, but oh, there's a story behind that. Uh-oh. So on the original, when they had the college playoff, the uh, the game was supposed to be on New Year's Eve, the two playoff games every year, right? And and everybody was like, "This is a terrible idea because people actually have plans outside of watching a football game on New Year's Eve." Uh, in the first, I think, two years of the college football playoff, uh, they got terrible ratings, like just god-awful ratings. So that's why they went to uh, the Saturday of week 17 of the NFL schedule uh, for the college football playoff. So it was a late change, and apparently they had already booked this date for the national title game, and that's why <laughs> there's a 16-day. Normally it's like – normally you have like a – it's like – Eight days later, nine days later, something like that. But right, this year it was a schedule. Like they realized how bad New Year's Eve was for the ratings, so they moved it up to Saturday before Week 17 of the NFL schedule. And so, so if it ahead. were up to if it were up to me, I would have the first round of the college playoffs be the first bowl games every year. You basically give teams two or three weeks before that that first bowl game, Ooh, and they then. Then the winners then have two or three weeks. I think it's crazy to think that we, we have college final. If finals could kind of come into play a little. Oh yeah, I forgot. That's that what these coaches will say. Yeah, I forgot these are student athletes here. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> the basketball teams all seem to be able to play during finals just fine, but I understand the football team. But guys, we got LSU and Clemson. Are these Hickman? Uh, are these the two best teams in college football this year? Uh, one of them is for sure. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that Clemson's better than Ohio State. I think the wrong team won. Um, I did not watch that game live, but I did see that that, that whole issue with the reverse fumble was pretty bizarre. I mean, he did take four steps. I don't know if that's that's a football move or not. It's supposed to be five. Well, the uh, the NCAA, and this is what I don't always agree with when refs come out after the game, like, yep, we missed that one. That should have been a fumble. Like, I don't really know how what good that does other than just, uh, you know, people downplay your profession. But they came out and said it should have been a fumble. Um, you know, what do you do? If, if you're Ohio State, though. And, and then you have the targeting. <laughs> like, by the letter of the law, yeah. sure, it probably is targeting. But when the quarterback – ducks his head into the into the head contact what do you do? like i don't know if the quarterback's defenseless he's to blame for the head contact uh, well ohio state was up 16 nothing probably should have been up 28 nothing definitely um, it's still the, i mean they still lost the game the if, refs kind of follow our there. twitter feed we we did say the red zone red zones where the game's gonna be won or lost and uh, yep. yeah so that the first quarter it was definitely lost it there. was very true <laughs> so guys uh lsu's a six point favorite chris how easy do you think they cover this game um i think it's very easy um i don't think clemson can stop him like this Ole Miss offense is it's historic how good that it that it's been this year uh joe burrow has statistically the best season in college football history going <laughs> crazy uh, it I is mean, crazy. It's, it's insane. Never would have guessed in a million years with an Ed Orgeron coach team. But I mean, they're they're just rolling. I don't know how you stop them. Uh, you can blitz them, and then if they get protection, it's a touchdown. Um, like Oklahoma just rushed three or four guys, and Joe Burrow just picked them apart for I don't know, like seven touchdowns or something. Uh, LSU is just they're rolling so they're just they're really good. So. I think LSU is going to win and win by quite a few points. So Hickman, the average um, ESPN analysis is a 50-50 split on their their predictions, but their matchup predictor actually gives Clemson a 56% chance to win this game. Mm-hmm. What in the world does ESPN know that the rest of us doesn't? I don't know. I have very little faith in that calculator. Wasn't that the one that said that uh, when Kentucky was playing Florida this year, Florida was taking a knee, and Kentucky still had a forty percent chance to win. <laughs> I, I don't know about that, but yeah, I, anyway, funny. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't know what the algorithm is. I don't know what it's based off of. It sure can't be strength of schedule. Um, so I do think the game's a little closer, just because of I don't know. I could see LSU getting a little tight in the in the moment. They knew they were going to boat race Oklahoma. This is a little different. Clemson has won, what, 29 straight games, which is is nuts. So I could see LSU coming out a little bit tight, struggling early. Um, I think in the end they win by two touchdowns, uh, 10 points, something like that. But I do think the game's close for most of the game. Yeah, I do think – I mean, I don't – all year I've not thought Clemson was great. I think they're a good team. I don't think they're great. 
but I do think they beat a great Ohio State team. I think that team was great. Um, and LSU, or Clemson was just better a couple weeks ago when they played. I do think Clemson's a better coached program. Coach O, for some reason, can you know rally the troops. There's that ESPN article where he can eat 15 pounds of crawfish um, <laughs> <laughs> and all this crazy stuff that he does. Uh, but I think Clemson's the better coach program, so I think if it's close, I give the edge to to Clemson. Um, but you know, I like Hickman. I think this is a this is a two touchdown game. I think LSU is just spectacular. They are just great on both sides of the football. Well, gentlemen, let's move into some Happy New Year 2020 chug, sip, or pour action. And Chris Collette decided our first chug, sip, or pour of the new year needed to be in honor of college football wasting away, the season coming to an end. When you think college football, Chris Collette thinks Dr. Peppa. So, Chris, Chug Zipper Pour, carbonated beverage of Dr. P. I'm going to uh, pour it out. Uh, Whoa. Uh, I know. I, I gave not up. see that coming. I, I gave up, uh, like, caffeinated soft drinks my sophomore year of high school because the vending machine at school went from a dollar to a dollar twenty-five. And that quarter was just <laughs> too much. What did it? So I just went cold turkey. I, I was getting like two milli aloes a day. It was it was a little ridiculous how much how much coke how much I was drinking. So I was just like, oh, I, I'm not paying the extra quarter. I'm I'm done drinking soft drinks. So since then, I I really haven't had a caffeinated soft drink uh, outside of maybe a rare occasion. So I'm pouring it out. I just don't drink caffeinated soft drinks. So did I? Oh. I see. What I was gonna say you said caffeinated. I was gonna say I thought I just saw you pour a sprite or a Seven Up into a cup, but it's that caffeinated part that gets diet Seven Up. That's what I'm all about these days. <laughs> Funny story. One time, my father-in-law was sent to the grocery store to get some Sprite, and knowing that he has uh, a wife and two daughters that were awfully particular about things. Spent an hour and a half looking for the caffeinated Sprite because all he could find was the no oh, caffeine man. Sprite. Didn't want to bring it home and disappoint the fam. Hickman, <laughs> um. <laughs> where are you at? Chug Sipper pour this Dr. Pepper stuff. Well, shout out to my old friend, uh, Joe Hyla Roach. He drank Dr. Pepper more than anybody I've ever seen back in the day. Um, yeah, like, I don't know, five or six a day. Back in high school. Anyway, uh, I will sip Dr. Pepper. It's fine. I'm never going to choose it over a Coke or, you know, most other beverage, you know, sodas. But I don't know. I like pretty much any soda. I shouldn't drink it, but um, (laughs) I'll sip Dr. Pepper. It's fine, but it's never going to be my first choice. I'm with you. I do love some soda. I know it's bad for me. It's probably rotten my organs. But Dr. Pepper, often imitated, never duplicated. Uh, the best thing about Dr. Pepper, in my opinion, is it tastes just like its predecessor. Or, well, it's not predecessor. Just like its sister drink, Diet Dr. Pepper. To me, I think it's the one diet drink that tastes most similar to the regular. Um, but when it comes to Dr. Pepper, you got to have it cold. You got to have it straight. You can't mix it with anything. It's got 21 flavors. It's an explosion in your mouth. <laughs> I do like some Dr. Pepper. I used to, like Chris, only drink non-caffeinated sodas in high school. And for some reason, in college, we had a little snack bar 
that had Dr. Pepper. And that was what got me back on the brown drink. Um, the, the snack bar, Dr. Pepper was what I would go for. Um, so in that regard, I think I got to chug some Dr. Pepper. It's where it's at. Uh, and I do love some diet Dr. Pepper. Well, guys, I don't know if you saw the DraftKings Bachelor Gate that's been all over Twitter. Um, there is a Bachelor, Bachelor in Paradise con, um, contestant who she decided that she was going to enter 150 different entries, which is the maximum allowed with DraftKings, uh, at $25 a pop into a million-dollar lineup uh, on, on DraftKings. Her husband decided to also enter 150 different lineups at $25 a pop. And what do you know? One of her lineups actually won the million dollars. But now it's come out that looks like there's been some collusion between husband and wife, which is strictly forbidden according to DraftKings. No collusion is allowed because they say they basically got... 300 entries to win this million dollars. Hickman, are you chug sipping or pouring this, uh, this DraftKings bachelor gate that's going on? I don't know. I'm, I'm pouring it out. It's, it's, it's DraftKings. You gotta, exp- I know like collusion is one of those things like in fantasy football, it's really tough to enforce. I mean, that was, I guess clear, but I'm, I'm, I'm pouring it out. They found a way to do it. You know, whatever. You got a ton of entries. It's it's like if it's like signing up your uh you know I, this is shout out to Andy Hicks again. I remember at one point he had an email address with thirty different numbers after his name so that he could use a different one every time he went to a certain Mexican establishment so that he could get a free entree every time because you could only do it once a month. So he had it's pretty clever. You know he found a way to game the system. If they did that, I mean I know it's a million dollars, but I'm I'm pouring out the controversy. Chris, where are you at on on Bachelor Gate? I'm gonna sip the controversy. I think it's definitely foul. Uh, the one screenshot that was most damning about it was the quarterback usage. Uh, one of them used uh, two quarterbacks, pretty much primarily two quarterbacks, and the other one used two other quarterbacks. Uh, that was pretty much the primary difference in the lineups. Uh, well, and even that didn't one of them use like all Saturday quarterbacks and one of them use all Sunday quarterbacks. It could have been. No, nah, I, I, I don't know. Cause it was something I, like the odds of that happening were like 92 million or something. If they had independently decided to do that. I, I didn't see which quarterbacks it was. I just saw like it had a chart on which quarter, like the quarterbacks in, Two of them were very heavily used for by each of them. Mm-hmm. They were different quarterbacks. Uh, and, I mean, it is an issue, but at the same time, these people that are calling the guys out, the people out for cheating, they do the same damn thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. like there's a 100% chance there that multiple people that enter this million-dollar maker are doing – are cheating. Uh, every week throughout the season, I enter one lineup because $20 is about all I feel like spending on it. Uh, I don't – feel like spending too much money on it my wife would kill me <laughs> but uh i i couldn't imagine i mean i know there's software out there that enters the contest for you so it's not like it's too time consuming but at the same time 150 different lineups is insane that's just a huge number uh so i'll sip it and plus it's clogging up my twitter feed right now and it's just <laughs> I, 
I'm not to the point where I care. Like I'm passionate about it. So, um, it is, it is wrong, but at the same time, like I just tired of seeing it on my Twitter feed. Well, boys, I'll man up and take a stance here because I'm pouring this out. First of all, I pour out pretty much anything revolving The Bachelor. How has this series and this show <laughs> lasted 50-some seasons or whatever it is? I feel like oh, every Monday gosh. night it's on on my TV. Um, second, it's so bad. It's terrible. Second, who knew these Bachelor contestants had that kind of coin, man? They're, I mean, each one of, of the people in this party dropped 3750 bucks for these lineups. And I assume this wasn't the first time they'd done this, but I just had no idea Bachelor contestants uh, had that kind of money. And then third, who in the world knew that there were actually Bachelor contestants that were married? Um, I just figured they were all just kept doing the Bachelor, Bachelor in Paradise thing, and it never worked for anybody. Um, but I'm pouring this out. This is this is awful. They clearly colluded. Um, DraftKings needs to set a set a standard, set a statement here. Um, penalize them. They clearly knew what they were doing. Um, but strictly because they were once bachelor contestants, I'm pouring this out. Well, guys, over Christmas break, I, uh, got a hot tip to watch a video. Always kind of scary when somebody in the family says, Hey, you got to watch this video. And it was a video of the Pope smacking a lady who had grabbed him. And I mean, pretty much kind of spun him around and he turned around and just straight up smacked her. It was clearly not happy about it. Chris, chug sip or pour the Pope smacking people. I'm going to chug that because <laughs> if I was in the same situation. I, I would have been smacking somebody. Uh, that lady was out of hand, like completely out of hand with what she did. So kudos there. Hickman, are you okay with your Pope smacking people? Yeah, I was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I don't Yeah, I mean, people grabbing and tugging and pulling on you and all that stuff. I mean, she smacked her hand. It's not like he assaulted anybody. Very different. Uh, but I thought it was pretty hilarious. So, yeah. Go, I, good, for, good for the Pope. I do have a really funny story about... <laughs> A Catholic wedding I went to one time. Oh, I was really uh, hoping you had an interaction with the Pope. Yeah, no, not, no interaction with the Pope. <laughs> uh, this, this is a really funny Catholic Catholic wedding story, though. We'll start our start our New Year off right. So, went to a wedding. Uh, the The bride was Catholic, or her family was Catholic, and uh, so after the reception, after the wedding, they had a reception. It was open bar, and it was it was like top shelf liquor and everything. And so I was drinking the Sprites and vodka like they were going out of style. Just every like 10 minutes, I was getting another one. And every time I went to get another vodka and Sprite, the, uh, I don't know what you call it. Priest. Is that what you call it? Sure. Uh, the, the, the priest was getting another glass of wine every single time. Like <laughs> I, I felt like I was just losing to a priest there. He was down in the wine. And in that same night, um, Went downtown in uh, Nashville, really hammered because, I mean, as I said, every 10 minutes it was a vodka and Sprite. Uh, was pretty much blackout drunk. Uh, basically got kicked out of Tootsie's. Uh, oh, not Tootsie's. Come on, Chris. I know. We um, <laughs> talked my brother into walking to a, uh, a strip club, and uh, we had to pay. I don't know. It was like $20 cover to get in or something. And... Uh, only to find out that they don't serve alcohol there. 
And I told my brother, I was like, let's go. Not, not waiting here if they're not serving alcohol. Uh, and my brother also said that I claimed that those girls there were the prettiest girls I'd ever seen in my life. Uh, and he said they were the exact opposite of that. And uh, we get an Uber driver to take us to the rental house we had for the weekend. And I had to have him stop on the side of Interstate 40 so I could uh, puke. One wow. hell of a wedding story. There you wow. go. Wow. We went from the Pope to Chris <laughs> talking about just one hellacious sinful weekend there. Yeah, that was... <laughs> You hit up several of the seven deadly sins right there. So, all right. I was trying to knock them all out at once. Well, well done, Chris. Sloth was not one. You were moving a lot. I am. Uh, I'm going to sip the Pope smacking people. Um, one, I feel like if anybody in the world should have restraint, it should probably be the Pope of all people. But to be fair, I'm not Catholic, so I don't really understand this. But like. I almost kind of feel like sometimes the Pope is treated like an actual deity, like he is uh, yeah. a little a little G God. I don't quite understand that um, because yes, he's human, and that's basically what he said was he was human and got angry at the time. But my favorite is when I asked Chris if he had watched that video. He's like, "Yeah," and I'm pretty sure the Pope was cussing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I'm sipping the Pope. You got to have some restraint, but man. That poor lady, I don't know if you guys saw the video, but she was so excited to see the Pope and to talk to him. And then he basically quit shaking hands right when he got to her. And so she just reached out, acting like he was Jesus and she was a leper and just grabbed him. And whew, she did not know what she had coming to him. So she wasn't missing out on that. I wonder if she's still a, still a Pope fan. <laughs> but speaking of Pope fans, I don't know if you guys saw this. Lori Laughlin, uh, actress, she is going to prison for paying um, to basically get her kids into USC. She had two daughters, I think. Um, she has decided to go straight up, get hard, uh, Will Ferrell style, um, hiring a prison expert to help her prepare for prison. Hickman, you're on your way to prison. Are you chug sipping or pouring the idea of hiring a prison expert to prepare? I definitely don't have the money to hire a prison expert if I'm going to jail. <laughs> she clearly does because she could pay to get her kid into USC. So, yeah, I'm going to take all the pointers I can get. <laughs> <laughs> I've listened to some episodes of Ear Hustle, oh, uh, the podcast. That's a good podcast. So, so, you know, I know a few things about, you know, meeting your celly and all that stuff. Um, but uh, I'm confident I would be woefully prepared to go to prison. So, uh, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll take the advice. Sure. Ear hustle, not near as good a podcast as sports nuts and beer guts. Um, Close but, uh, from what it, from what it appears, it's highly informative on prison. Chris, if you go to hire a prison expert, what are the odds you get Kevin Hart or well, somebody like somebody like Kevin Hart? You get, yeah, you get there, Homer, for example, There's 100% chance. That's who I'm getting, uh, <laughs> on accident and, I'm just like, do I really pay for this? Uh, I'm going to pour it out because I don't know that the prison expert is going to help out at all. No. And the only thing it's going to do is it's going to get you in the headlines because people are going to make fun of you like we are right now. So I'm pouring that one out. Unless the expert has an in in the prison, they have got people on the inside. I mean, I assume Lori is going to some... Uh, highfalutin 
you know, fancy silk mattresses type prison. Um, so unless the person has an in on there to basically keep her safe and protected, I don't understand why you yeah. hire a prison expert. Um, maybe they're I'm, experts. I'm, in, maybe maybe it's Martha Stewart. Maybe it's white collar. <laughs> maybe that's who she hired. Yes. I will hope it's Martha Stewart. Uh, but I'm with Chris. I'm pouring out this prison expert. Um, but I'd also like to know, we'll start with you, Hickman. Which one of us three is the most likely to survive, let's say, a, a seven-year prison sentence? Seven years? We're, oh, my God. Seven years in the slammer. We're talking doing hard time. Oh, my gosh. Um, I think maybe I'm going to go Chris. Just Chris avoids everybody and manages to find a way to not really talk to anyone while also not being a jerk and just like is is over the top staying out of people's business, um, which neither you nor me, Logan, could do. <laughs> I think so I think Chris survives on avoidance and being clever. So that's uh, that's that's my pick. <laughs> Chris, well, I was going to go with Hickman. There's no way I could ever survive prison. Um, I would say some smart ass comment and get shanked right there on the spot. Uh, that's my prediction of my prison experience. If I ever what, had to go to prison. Um, and I mean, uh, I, I was like Logan Hickman, Logan Hickman. Hickman's lived in third world countries before. So I guess that was my tiebreaker. So, uh, but. Mm. Hegman, you're surviving prison, in my opinion. Well, boys, I don't have think fun you guys, with those seven years. I think you guys have forgotten that my wife went to high school with Michael Vick, <laughs> and that therefore is going to be my end to survive prison. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, I don't. I don't think either one of us, any three of us, are 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 doing well to survive prison. It is a brutal seven years. Um, I mean, Less, any chance you just ask for solitary confinement for seven years? Oh, I think I think I'm totally. What's what's that movie where the guy uh, every time he gets oh, out of solitary he confinement, punches somebody? He just punches the guard that lets him out, so he goes back in. I don't remember the movie, but I know uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. He's like a cop, right? That gets thrown in prison. Oh, that's national security. National security. Man, <laughs> great movie, right there. <laughs> Never seen it. You've not oh. seen National Security with Martin Lawrence. Oh, I should have known oh. some Martin. Okay, sorry guys. Yeah, <laughs> such yeah. a good movie. This cop gets thrown in prison, and every time he gets out of solitary confinement, he just punches the guard. He's asking him, "How long have I been in there?" And then he punches him and goes right back in. That's yeah. pretty awesome. He's in there for pol- police brutality against a black guy. Yeah, a white guy. So he's a so white it, cop, and he's police brutality okay. against the black guys. And every time he comes out, there's a bunch of black guys just standing there waiting on him. <laughs> he just decks the guard. It's like, yeah, I'm going back in there. So uh, we have one vote for each of us. Uh, I would be interested to see if anybody has any thoughts. Uh, we, you know, if, you're, if I can uh, figure out how to do this, we can make it a Facebook poll. <laughs> I'm pretty interested to hear about this. Yeah, one. I would like to hear the reasoning too. That'd be uh, be really uh, interesting. So I'll see if Facebook and or Twitter have that option, and I'll I'll post it. <laughs> That's okay. You better watch out, guys. I'm gonna start. Uh, I'm gonna start promoting myself to get it. Uh, be the, your end's a good one. You, you know, best, it's, it's, it's a good prepared. one. I, it's about time you win something, Logan. Unlike the cookie decorating contest. Oh, you mean like the fantasy football league that I dominated this year? Uh, set myself up on that one. <laughs> <laughs> what were you thinking, Chris? <sighs> uh, 
Like, uh, it's been like it's last year since I had to hear about him winning a league. So, uh, <laughs> you uh, notice I haven't I haven't written my acceptance speech of the title yet because I'm trying to draw this out as long as I can. Oh dear God! I expect one in April, but it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Last chug sip or pour of the new year. Hickman, are you chug sipping or pouring the idea of New Year's resolutions? So I'm I'm pouring them out. Um, I get the concept. I like the idea of having a fresh start. I have had, I'm sure, you know, I'm 36. I've probably had 30 New Year's resolutions. <laughs> so, um, I, what was six-year-old Hickey's New Year resolution? Six-year-old would be, uh, gosh, I don't know, probably to be a better rec league goalkeeper. Oh. Yeah, that was that was that was big in those days. Um, I don't know. I get I get the I get the idea for it, but a lot of times when you set yourself up for something like that, you're setting yourself up to fail because it's something you need to do, and you have to have some excuse to make the change. When it's a change, you should just be making anyway. So um, I'm on the whole pouring them out. Um, if it works for you, fantastic. If you're making positive changes in your life, always going to support that. But on the whole, I'm I'm out. Man, starting the year off as a Debbie Downer. Yep. Chris, how do you feel about these New Year's resolutions? I, I was going to say pretty much everything Hickman said, except I was going to sip it. Um, <laughs> they rarely work, but if it does work, then it's a great it's a great story. It's a great thing. So that's why I was sipping it was they, they do rarely work. I mean, I'm trying. I have a New Year's resolution of losing weight because... This last year, I lived very unhealthy as far as eating uh, and definitely the heaviest weight I've ever been in my life. So eight days in, I'm, I've lost eight pounds because I lived that unhealthy last year. <laughs> You're going to lose 365 pounds this year? <laughs> well, no. I said 366. It's a leap year. I'll be six, I'll be six feet under if that happened. <laughs> this is going to uh, weigh nothing by, uh, by summertime. Yep, yep. But I, I have tried to lose weight, so I did set a New Year's resolution. So I'll sip it. I don't know how it'll work out. I mean, I have confidence that I'll yeah, do you're good. You're going to have to work out. I'll, I'll do good uh, until at least the end of March. And then at that point, I'll need to find something else to keep me motivated. So uh, I'll sip it. Well, welcome, welcome to my world. I'm confident without New Year's resolutions, which to be fair, I don't think I've ever actually made an official resolution. Um but every January, I start running again. I go run the Knoxville Half Marathon, lose 20 to 30 pounds, and then I spend the next nine months gaining that 20 to 30 pounds back. January comes around again. So I'm confident without New Year's, I'd probably weigh four, 450. Who knows? <laughs> uh, it would just keep going. Whatever. Uh, but I'm all for people taking time to make, you know, if they're not doing it, at least thinking through hey, in my life today, what's one positive change I could make? Here's my resolution. Here's something I'd like to try to do. Even if it's the same daggone one every year, at least they're being introspective for a little bit. But the biggest thing I think about when, I come, when it comes to New Year's, I'm convinced New Year's may be the only holiday that we actually get right. So here's the deal. You think of like July 4th. Okay, you take off work the day of July 4th. But July 4th, you're partying that day. You got the fireworks that night. 
Well, if July 4th is on a Wednesday, guess who has to go back to work on Thursday after being, you know, hanging out? Everybody. Not me. Not except me. for somebody who works for a Japanese company named Chris Collette. Yeah. Summer shutdown off the whole week. Um, but New Year's, unlike all other holidays, the big party action happens the night before. So then New Year's Day, nobody goes to work. Everybody's recovering, hanging out. And guess what? You actually have something to do because you can just hang out and watch football all day long, eating whatever you want, all the leftovers from the from the Christmas season. Um, so when I look at it, at the holidays that we actually, you know, as a culture celebrate, I'm convinced New Year's is the one holiday we actually get right and we actually know what we're doing um, as opposed to all these other holidays that we're trying to squeeze stuff in. It's forced and New Year's. Everybody hangs out the night before, then everybody's just kind of relaxing and chilling the day of. Um, it's the last little bit of rest you get before you got to go back to work. Um, so I'm chugging New Year's and New Year's resolutions and everything about the New Year's holiday. On on that topic, um, are y'all excited about this 17 game NFL schedule with an extra buy, which will push us push the Super Bowl back to President's Day weekend? Had y'all thought about that? Uh, no, no, I am not. Are y'all off President's Day or no? That's a good question. I don't know if I am or not. Is that a normal I'm not, holiday? I'm not, Is that a normal holiday people get off? It's a government holiday. I'm oh, definitely well then, not off. Then I would no. be off if it's a government holiday. Yeah. That, that, that's the thing with the 17-game schedule. You got an extra buy. It gets you to uh, President's Day weekend. So, Is it President's Day or is it Martin Luther King? Martin Luther King is... Uh, my wife's birthday. It's uh, January twentieth this year. So, but is that are you talking? Is that the same holiday? I'm t- no, President's Day is like the third weekend of February. February. Or, yeah, yeah. Oh, third okay. Monday of February, something like that. Oh yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. uh, of course Super Man. That's a late Super Bowl, but yes, I think I am off that Monday. Is that not that that works out pretty great for the NFL because you have Super Bowl Sunday, which is such a big event, and then everybody goes back to work hungover or full of food hungover or tired because they have a Super Bowl party and drive three and a half hours after the Super Bowl party or something. So (laughs) let's leave with this guys in our lifetime. Will we ever see a president who makes the Monday after the Super Bowl an official holiday? Yes. (laughs) What did you say Hickman? I said no. (laughs) I think yes. Again, I'm, I would assume no because we just do a terrible job when it comes to making holidays and choosing how we celebrate them. Um, I could see a president saying Super Bowl Sunday is a holiday. Um, right, that's why I think yes, because I think it'll be that way, and it'll be President's Day will be more of an accepted holiday for people to take. I feel like that's something Andrew Yang could campaign on. <laughs> He'd be the guy for that. I guess I know who I'm voting for. He would not. He would. He'll not only let you take off that day, but he'll pay you for it anyway. Sorry, Clint Snow. <laughs> All right, guys. I'm glad we're back at it. We'll be back at it every every Wednesday from here on out for the foreseeable future. Hit us up on the Facebook page, uh, Sports Nuts and Beer Guts, uh, or the Twitter Sports Nuts Pod. Let us know who you think of Chris Hickman Logan. Which one of us would be most likely to survive prison? If you need a little insight, just feel free to look at my Facebook. I'll, I'll, I'll take a I'll take a picture of the guns 
guns posting, um, all three and a half inches of them, letting you know who's going to rock it out in prison. Guys, 2020 is upon us. As Sigmund said, we have been doing this podcast for multiple decades now. Happy to be back at it. We'll see you next Wednesday. This is the Sports Nuts and Beer Guts.